Oi, budge. 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 Today we are talking about community lost. So many of the places where we used to find belonging and community are no longer existing. Face-to-face contact is huge and it's what we're losing a lot of in modern society. Happiness is so much related to our personal relationships and that community. So we think we're gaining, but potentially we're actually losing. We seem to have missed that when we haven't replaced it with something. We feel great when we put we ahead of me, so do more of it. It's selfish being altruistic. Welcome to Budge, How to Fudge Being Human, our podcast on behavioral science, a bit of nudge theory in psychology to help you be better at being human. And today we are talking about community lost. And I'm here, of course, with my good mate, Dr. Darren Coppin, uh, speaker, writer, lover, and of course, inspiration behind Journeys Don't Stop Believing, just a small town girl living in a lonely world. How are you, sir? <laughs> yeah, lonely and a, and a girl. Um, Mr. Paul Miles, Managing Director of the Busy Group, one of Australia's largest education, training and employment organisations, and once held the world record for longest individual leg hair from your shin. I've got this. Pretty gross. Um, mate, we are here to talk about community lost. Uh, what does a loss of community mean for humans? Because you know, we, we talk a lot about uh, where humans have come from and, and what our natural behaviours are. And of course, the last 200 years have been insane changes in human history, industrial revolution, of course. And now more recently, the digital techni- technology, you know, revolution uh, 2.0, whatever it is now. Massive, massive change to the way humans are living and, and therefore behaving, which goes against so much of what's uh, natural to us. Um, in fact, you know, this is one of the key parts of your upcoming book entitled It's All BS. It's All BS, uh, which will be on all the finest bookshops in <laughs> Bethnal Green. Bethnal Green. <laughs> There's only one. And um, yeah, it's all BS. And this is one of the, the things you're going to talk about is why, what does the loss of community mean for humans? Interestingly, of course, you and I, through various periods of our lives, something I've talked about before is, is despite the atheism now, our very, very religious upbringings. And literally there are points in time in my life where Sunday morning was church and Sunday school. Uh, I had boys brigade. Uh, I, I had my, my, my family were doing drama and the choir and girl guides. And I played soccer on a Saturday morning for, for boys brigade. It was, it was life, you know. Mm. Um, and I know, interestingly, you had sort of similar times. In fact, to the point where you were like considering priesthood at 12, which has to be the most <laughs> ironic thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> No, but I thought if you if you believe in God, you believe in God, so you've got to commit to it. Mm. Um, but I couldn't get some of the answers I was particularly looking for, so <laughs> I looked elsewhere for them. But of course, that is just one of many institutions that used to exist that no longer exist, and, and, and increasingly things like even workplaces. Workplaces, we'd be there for life. You know, we go into an employer, and that was our life. That's we got our friends. There was a, often a social club attached to a workplace. Now we're at a workplace for eighteen months, two years. Um, so many of the places where we used to find belonging and community are no longer existing. And of course it's having a massive impact on humans being the most social species there is. Yeah, I think what you just said is one of the most profound utterances ever to come from your um, oral sphincter. It's probably the only one, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) And that's um, belonging, because that's what community means different things to different people. We know we evolved in in small family groups, herds, then groups and tribes, uh, and communities, whatever that means uh, to an individual. But what it consistently seems to mean is a sense of belonging, uh, shared purpose, shared cultural values, shared habits, whether you agree with them or not. 
and we've lost it because of many reasons um, but also because of this one of the core ones is this loss of institutions that, that dominate our lives so once we we moved out of these communities of family groups it was really the institutions of states or or church or religion or, or um, workplace. Islam and a workplace for a long time the military um, a lot yeah, of even the military, Terry. I, I, you mentioned conscription uh, the other day. That even the military would actually give people a huge sense of belonging post school, of course. Yeah, and I'd, I've never I've met a lot of people that were conscripted and really didn't want to be, but um, actually loved it. Yeah, um, that sense of purpose and unity and groups. And of course, there's a massive issue when people leave the military is that that sense of belonging. Yeah, purpose. there's a huge amount of work I've, yeah. I've, I've looked into with that. But, um, um, you know, and even political parties, you used to be massively aligned to one or another, and it gives you this in group feeling. Well, we still are, we're just not necessarily involved, are we? People tend to be massively aligned to the left or right, but not necessarily the parties that represent that. Yeah, well, um, you know, the independence, mm. uh, and what do they call it in Australia? The Teal Revolution, the Teal. Yeah. Um, independence is, is um, much greater share. You know, and in Britain right now, the, the 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 opposition. If there was an election tomorrow based on last week's polls, the Scottish National Party would be the official opposition. Um, so it's these small, <laughs> more fragmented. It's more of a common But yeah, yeah. So look, uh, we're massively altruistic. We're massively empathetic. Um, and we're giving ourselves fewer and fewer opportunities to do that within our communities. So before we say that, though, when we say we've lost all these institutions, it's not a case then of replacing them. We haven't replaced them with more sporting efforts or sporting clubs. We haven't replaced them with social media technology. You know, I, I look at um, you know Facebook groups. People belong to these massive Facebook groups, and then through those Facebook groups that they go off and do social activities. Have we lost them or have we replaced them? No, I mean, and that's that's one of the redeeming parts of social media but then again I found myself the other day messaging my brother instead of phoning him up mm. or facetiming him and mm. and, um, and I shouldn't have done that you know it was a just mad rush but um, you know but and it, it can enable you to distance yourself mm. um, or facilitate that but um, but you're right you can I know you've harnessed social media to get people physically together and particularly people that might be having a hard time and actually that that interaction that mm. socializing that you know face-to-face -face, uh, contact is is huge and it's what we're we're losing a lot of in in, in modern society mm. and largely because we're moving away from our families you know we're able yeah. to move why away. do we do that Daz? i mean that, that's a really important question both you and i have moved away to the other side of the planet from our families it's that reflection of our family. <laughs> but Australia was born of this, um, you know. But given that we are such social creatures, that this not it's not instinctive, is it, for us to move away from our families in this way? No, but we always want to better ourselves mm. and improve. So we move to where we think we we can do that, and we we disregard the importance of family mm. and, and people being close to us and community. So we lose um, this community for the benefit of wanting a better life better jobs all the rest of it more property land in australia that sort of yeah. thing but then humans though happiness is so much related to our personal relationships and that community so we think we're gaining but potentially we're actually losing yeah but then we create new communities in the exact image of the one we left so we yeah. hang out with poms uh -huh. 
um, more, more. You know, it's funny. My, my, so my longest, apart from yourself, you know, and a few others, my longest term friends uh, on the Gold Coast are from a group of British expats from the old British expats website pre-social <laughs> media, and we still all hang out together. Yeah. Um, and they'd be my oldest friends on the Gold Coast. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. weird, and because of our upbringing and, and community that we had, and culture and shared culture and sense of belonging, I guess. No matter how much we, we, we love Australia, we've still got that. But our kids won't be doing that, you know, necessarily. They're, they're, they're integrated and, and, and mixing. And ironically, of course, you know, my, my eldest daughter's off to, to the UK and we'll probably end up hanging around with lots of Australians, you know, because yeah. that's what naturally we yes. do. Yes, yeah. walkabout bars, mm. if they still mm. exist. But the weird thing about humans is that we're incredibly altruistic um, and we will actually help others at a cost to ourselves. It's not just us. A lot of mm. animal species do this. But I think humans, more than any other species, and including our closest primates, um, we will help out each other. Um, and if you t- more than um, primates will, so there are this, these amazing experiments that uh, Tomasello um, writes about, and, and Yuval Harari, Noah, or Noah Harari, um, they both agree that humans' cooperation and this is, is Homo what, sapiens, right? And yeah, the, yes, yeah, Homo the sapiens, author of that, the, 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 which everyone should read. <laughs> no, seriously, it's fantastic. It is, it is brilliant. But um, there are these experiments where. Um, if you put uh, two three-year-old children together, well, they both have to tug on a rope to try and get some sweets that mm. are on the other side of this, this Perspex screen towards them. They will do it, but invariably one will get their sweets first. But what they then do is help the other one to get their sweets. And also invariably, if that first one gets three sweets and the other one gets one, they will share. Well, so they really, two and really. Two. Okay. Now, if you do this with chimps, I was going to ask. My next question was: Do other species do this? No. Um, right. If you do it with chimps, they will pull it until mm. one gets the sweets, and then they give up. Game over. Do they share the sweets? No. Ah. No, they will not share them equitably. Yeah. So humans have this incredible drive. Um, now we're terrible at self-regulation on ourselves. Yep. You know, it's the bottom of the via character strengths uh, survey, the, the least common of 24 strengths we might possess. So we don't have this me self-regulation, but we have a we self-regulation. We will not have three sweets in order to give someone else that we don't even know, it can be a stranger, mm. um, help them out and make sure that they've got an equitable number of, of, mm. of sweets as us. Or we won't just keep the three and walk off. Mm. Um, we will help somebody else uh, ensure that they get it. And mm. this, this is from what I can read, unique amongst animal species. Mm. This way we, we have this we, we will forfeit our own benefit um, to really? help, help others. You know, where my mind goes on this, right, is the fact that we've had this massive growth in inequality, particularly through COVID over the last two years. The rich has got really rich, the poor have got poorer. Hmm. And, and the arguments in the UK, we referenced the UK and the Scottish nationalists just then, the fact that they, they've just had this most ridiculous thing of slashing tax for the super wealthy, you know, and, and, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to say that, um, was it dri- uh, trickle-down economics? You know, it, it doesn't work. It's been shown not to work. Why do we not use, why do political parties not use behavioural science to demonstrate that taxation uh, is good for humans given that we're willing to share like this? <laughs> That's a brilliant question. Mm. Um, and it, it has been shown, um, I'm sure I've read some experiment, it might have been from the Behavioural Insights team, that if you say what your tax is being spent on, people are more happy and faster at, uh, at paying their tax. Mm. Um, but it is huge, you know. All indigenous societies are egalitarian, Mm. and yet um, in in a book by Christopher Ryan, uh, recently read Civilised to Death, he cites data that suggests 
that the United States is the most inequitable country, not on earth, in history. Yeah. Against I'm, the I'm Romans, the British Empire, yeah. you know, um, revolutionary Russia, mm. this sort of thing. And it's, and it's insane. And it, and it contributes to this feeling of hollowness, this loss of community, mm. this loss of belonging. It's just not fair. Mm. Um, and it eats away at us as a, as a, as a, as a species. Mm. Um, mate, so this is such a key subject, right? Such an important subject. Can I ask, why have you made it such a big part of your, your book? It's, uh, it's all BS. Um, well, it's all BS. The BS stands for behavioural science, yep. but it seems to bring everything together um, because we do have this. We we can achieve and succeed, but, and we have this hollowness and the sense of belonging that, say, religion would have had in this more secular society, in the sense of rules. We seem to have um, missed that when we haven't replaced it with something. But we don't have to replace it with anything but a basest and most evolutionary programmed. Um, human drivers and, and yeah, and surely there's an impact to that. If we don't replace it with something, there must be an impact. To, yeah, to huge levels of anxiety, us. stress, and depression. Yeah, yeah. Um, and lack of that, that lack of and socialness. When, you, when you're depressed, you isolate yourself. Yeah, and isolating yourself shown to be one of the fastest ways of uh, imp- increasing depression. Mm. Like you can tr- track uh, job seekers or the unemployed uh, when they're made uh, redundant or become unemployed. Actually, in the first three to five weeks, they socialise more and their, their um, well-being goes up. Um, but then after that, um, they socialise less and less and less. And exactly correlated with that is uh, the increase in depression. Hmm. Um, we, we, we're sad. You know, what's the biggest punishment we can give to somebody other than execute yeah, them? Yeah, Yeah. Um, what do they call that when they put you in a slammer? Confinement. Confinement. Solitary, Solitary confinement. Solitary confinement, exactly. Yeah. So it's against everything that's about being human. And a community and a sense of belonging is, is what we miss and we need to bring it back. And, and like you said, it touches on so many things from taxation to um, a more egalitarian society to institutions mm. to replacing that to using social media in the right way to bring people together physically so it's a huge subject so, so you know I'm, I'm a great believer the prediction of the future is based on the behavior of the past and, and, and humans repeat what they've done that sort of thing this is a really hard one it's one of those ones where i look at where um it's not something that's happened in the past is it so, so we're effectively having this situation where uh, we are increasingly becoming isolated. There's loss of this massive loss of community, loss of those institutions. We're not replacing it with anything. It makes it quite hard to predict what's going to happen in the future. So, so I guess there's two questions: Can you predict what's going to happen in the future if we continue to um, have, have this loss of community? But is there a way of us actually stopping it, considering that we don't seem to be having a very good effort to, to prevent it at the moment? Yeah, it's massive. You know, how do you say uh, we want to go back to egalitarianism? We don't. We actually don't. The other side of that is we don't, do no, we? I want free ply toilet paper and air conditioning. Totally. Yeah. Um, but, um, it's, and, and the coordination and cooperation of humans is, is remarkable. Um, but it's the, um, the role of employers. You, you, can, you can't go against the tide. You have to go with what works at the moment and what what works you know what happened to governments being the benevolent overseer if they ever were mm. uh, paternalistic maternalistic people doing the what's best for the for, for everybody rather than it's all just about scoring points on a balance sheet or a budget mm. sheet mm. it's all about money at the moment mm. but employers are changing people's awareness of this is changing mm. but employers are going to this four day a week thing and saying it's more important to spend time with your family and your communities 
Um, imagine going there four days a week. Well, what are you going to do with that? Well, you're going to socialise. That's mm. what humans do. And we'll be better at it. We'll be more supportive. And it's shown that productivity doesn't decrease uh, if you if you cut the working week by 20%. Yeah. And there's a massive experiment in the UK, and I think it was recently kicking off in Australia too, around trying this four-day work mm. week. Um, and, and it's fascinating. Again, a, a subject for a whole new podcast where... I think our view of government from benevolent has changed so much over the years that employers are actually stepping in and industry steps in in so many ways, whether it's around this community, but around bigger social issues like, for example, um, social housing or, or the environmental climate change where industry and employers are actually now trying to make the difference that it's apparent that government can't. Yeah, I mean, working in not-for-profit as you do, that, that will be top of mind. But mm-hmm. for most, the balance sheet... Uh, the, the, and the bottom line is literally the bottom line on the balance sheet and the profit yeah. and loss. I, I That's think, all that matters. I think and we're still seeing, you... though. I think we're seeing large employers that work with wanting to engage more to to improve their um, sort of social impact. I, I think that is absolutely an improvement. Yeah. But whether or not it's genuine, because they want to make a difference on whether or not they think it's going to support the bottom line, I suppose is the question. And I think generally and genuinely, humans do want to make a difference. You know, the mm. fastest way. I can see in research of improving well-being is by volunteering, helping others, doing stuff without any expectation of return. That's massive, That's what isn't makes it? On your, us on your feel well-being, yes. And 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 so hopefully that will filter through as, mm. we, as we move forward. Mate, I'm looking forward to this book. Um, you've only been promising it for about five years, so I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. And um, we won't have to go to Bethnal Green to get it. I assume you probably have it. Somewhere in Australia or online. <laughs> no, mate. What are the takeaways? What are the takeaways from this subject? Uh, community loss, the behavioural science of losing community. What are the key takeaways for, for people listening? Well, luckily, uh, I knew you were going to ask me that. But um, make an effort. Mix in person. Um, you know, make an effort to to speak to people. Call your brother in, in person. Yeah, if or, take or, or call. physically. Um, and we feel great when we put we ahead of me. Mm. Um, so so do more of it because. Uh, it's selfish being mm. altruistic. Good stuff, mate. When can we expect the book? In all seriousness, what are you thinking? Two years from now, realistically? <laughs> no, it'll take I, two years I know to we, edit. I know we're not doing budget, basically writing. Yeah, yeah. but um, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I've got a three-and-a-half-month tour around the world uh, coming up, but then, uh, yeah, within a year. Good stuff. Mate, thank you as always. You can find our podcasts on uh, YouTube. Uh, on Spotify and Apple. We're also on all social media platforms, or most of them anyway. Can we have some likes, shares, comments? We'd love to hear what you think about this subject. It's such an important one for literally our species. As always, thank you for watching and look forward to seeing you and you (laughs) in our next podcast. (laughs)